Okay, good morning everybody. Did everybody hear me for Black? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes? Okay. Well, it's great to be here because it's a great church and we just praise God that we're in the house of the Lord this, this morning. And um, I'm just going to pray. I know Matthew's already prayed. But obviously just going to pray for this church. Just going to pray for the mums and tops. Going to pray more for the kids club. Because kids club is very important. We have a kids club on a Friday in our church. And it's just good to see kids running around and, you know, just the seeds that's sown. You never know what's going to be said later on. And obviously, uh, we pray for the heating as well. It's very important because that needs to be resolved. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you that we can bow in your presence to see you this morning. And we praise you, Lord, for this fellowship. We thank you, Lord, for the church that's been here for so many years. And we do pray, Lord, for the leadership. We do pray, Lord, for Eddie, for Matthew, and for Stellan, and for others, Lord. And we do pray that you just be with us in a mighty way. That as we see this new year, we just bring this church to you. We pray, Lord, for the heating. We pray, Lord, that it all go, will go ahead. We pray, Lord, that there will not be any stumbling blocks whatsoever. And we pray, Lord, that whatever is the problem will be resolved sooner rather than later. We pray, Father, too, for... Um, in its um, brother-in-law, I think it is, we just pray for him. And Lord, we pray that if he's not a Christian, we pray, Lord, that in his last days, that you will speak to him through, uh, through the mind, because we know that you've done that in the past. And we pray that you would save him by your grace, if he's not already. And we pray, Lord, for the family, that you'll be with them in a mighty way through this very difficult time. Lord, we also pray, Father, too, for... Um, others in our fellowship who are not here, I know there's a couple who are not here. And Lord, I just bring them to you. And I pray, Lord, that whatever their situation, that you will be with them. And they will know your presence, and your peace, and your protection. So Lord, just be with us now as we continue worshipping you, and reaching and preaching, and listening to your word. And thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have of serving you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, you don't have to turn to this. I know that Eddie's read 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, but I want to link it up to Matthew's Gospel. Uh, it's only a few verses. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 9, beginning to read at verse 14. And it just says this. Okay. Verse 14, it says... Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and, they will, and, they, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unstrung cloth onto an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the from the garments and the and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins will break. The wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins and both are reserved. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because I mean obviously we're, we're still very early in this new year. Um, and 
I know people have made New Year resolutions, not Christians, but made New Year resolutions, and within a week, those resolutions have gone. One of them is give up smoking, one of them is give up drinking, and other things as well. But the reason why I'm sharing that is because we need to put new wine into new wineskins. Because, and if we do that, we know that the Lord is really in touch. So I'd like to share 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, which describes of new wine into new wineskins. Because it's a new church. And because it's a new church, it needed to know the love of God in his life. Now this may not be a new church as such in terms of the building, but there are new people here because we're talking about the church, we're talking about the people, we're talking about the people of God. Because the church as we know is not the building, it's the people in the building. In Matthew chapter 16 it says, that on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And so... When we look at that passage, we know that this is a new church. Because every day, Scripture tells us, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, it's so wonderful, isn't it, to know that this is a new day, a new beginning, and God's got many things for us to do. And one of the things that God's going to do is resolve this heating. Amen? Come on, let's have it. Amen? <laughs> okay. So let me just give you a bit of history about 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. In Acts chapter 17, as we know, Paul and Silas and Timothy, they went on missionary journeys. And one of those journeys was Thessalonica, because that's where he went. And he went with Silvanus, who is called Silas, and Timotheus, who is called Timothy. Paul, Silas, and Timothy. Is everything all right? Yes, sir. So Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And from that, we read that in Acts chapter 17, we don't have to turn to it, that he went to the synagogue, as he always did. But also, he spoke to a few God-fearing women, and there, and, and there was Jason there, and we read that Silas and Paul had to leave very early the next day because the Jews did not want Paul and Silas to talk about Jesus Christ. Because as we know, even today, some Jews do not believe that the Messiah has returned at all. But in this passage, we see of a church that really moved on for God. And I want you to think, when you look at this passage, if you can, is to look at the wording that we find in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Look at the wording that Paul says. Look at the wording that God speaks to in this past. So, let me just read this. Paul, Silas and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians. Notice there, it's the church of the Thessalonians. It's not to anyone else, it's to the church. So it's to the people of Thessalonians. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what we learn from that first phrase of scripture is that Paul and Silas is bringing this church to God and to the Lord Jesus Christ. It says very clearly to the church of Thessalonians, not the building, but in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now we could interpret that for this place and just say 
to the church of Croxton Baptist Church um, in the name of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the same principle. But it's not the building, it's the people in the building. It's you and it's me. And we are very privileged people and when we see this church, we'll see how privileged they were. So, what does Paul and Silas talk about this church? It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So it talks about grace. And we know, well I'm sure we all know, that we're not saved unless we've been saved by grace. I can never get to heaven on my own merits because I'm just a filthy sinner. And it's only through the grace of God that I'm up here this morning and you're the same because grace is decided as undeserved favour. And then it says, peace from God our Father. The peace that only Jesus can give. Not the peace that the world gives. Now I don't have to tell you of the war in Ukraine. I don't have to tell you of the suffering that people are going through in Ukraine because of a, a despot called Putin who wants to bring, and he will be answerable for what he's done to God if he doesn't ask him to be saved. These men and these women, they think that they are the bee's knees. And they've all been and they've all gone. Hitler thought that he was going to reign the world. Where is he today? Saddam Hussein thought he was going to invade the world. Where is he today? Jesus Christ lived in <coughs> on this earth. And where is he today? He's alive and sitting at the right hand side of God the Father. All the others are dead. All the others are answerable to God. And I tell you what, I dread to think what they must be going through after what they have done. But God is in control. Never forget that. Never forget that. I'll tell you why. Because four years ago, on this Wednesday, that's when I had my foot amputated. Four years. And God has brought me through four years. So God answers prayer. And so it says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing there about any other religion. It's talking about Jesus and God and the fact is that they want to know the Lord Jesus. So let's look at the body of the church. It says, they're a good example. It says, we give thanks. We give thanks to God always for you all making mention of you in our prayers. So they thanking God. How often do we thank God? Do we thank God every day? It says in scripture, in everything, give thanks. And what can we thank God for? Well, first of all, we can thank God that we've been saved. First of all, secondly, we can thank God that we have the assurance of eternal life. Thirdly, we can thank God that when we get up in the morning, God's office is never closed. It's always open. So you can speak to him at any time, at any day, where you want him to be. And that's how good God is. And so we give thanks to God. Always. You see, the gospel and the Christian life is not a part-time job. It's being with God. Always. And then it says, making mention of you 
in our prayers. So what we look here is this. It says the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven. So what's that? That's praising God. What are these doing? They are thanking God. They are praising God for this church. But you see, it's so important that we praise God before we give God a big shopping list. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you give God a big shopping list? Come on, I'm not the only one here. <laughs> we all do, don't we? Yes. But we know, thank you, but we know that God answers prayer. And so we give thanks to God always, and then it says, making mention of you in our prayers. So Paul and Silas and Timothy are thanking God, and then they are speaking to God about the needs of the fellowship. And that's why it's so important that we as a church, whether it's this church or whether it's the church I go to in the Dingle, that we thank God and we pray for one another. Now we've done that today. We prayed for um, that, that man who has only a days to live. We prayed for the hitting. We prayed for others who are not here today. That is what we call praying and that's what we call bearing one another's burdens. And so we make mention of you in our prayers. So what were they praying for? They weren't praying for any uh, material thing. It says in verse 3, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your, your labour of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's talking here about their work of faith. What is faith? Let me just, uh, just bear with us a minute. It says, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? I've never seen the Lord Jesus Christ. I've never seen him as a person. But I know that he's alive. And I know that he's with us day by day because of the Holy Spirit that's in our lives. So I know and we know that Jesus Christ is alive. And that's important to realise that. And so it says here, we think we're remembering without ceasing your work of faith. So they had faith to believe that Jesus Christ is alive. But you know, Sadly, I don't think this applies here, sadly there's so many Christians who say what they're going to do and do nothing. Sadly, there's so many Christians today who don't walk the walk. They will talk, but they won't walk. And if you ask them for help, all too busy. I don't want to do that today. And that sadly is something that we have in our churches. But we are here because this church is, is remembering their work of faith and then it says without ceasing so they're not giving up your labour of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ so their work of faith their labour of love and their patience of hope now how does that relate to this church well first of all their labour of love this church is open on a weekly basis to bring kids into this church that is a labour of love. Their work of faith. The faith is that they know the kids will come into this church. 
because if they didn't, they wouldn't have opened, we wouldn't open the doors. And then their patience of hope, the hope that the seed will be sown and they will be saved. Because you don't know when, when, because it's best to open and not close, because if you open, they will hear the gospel. And you don't know how long the seed is sown in that person. I'm sure you can tell me of people that have heard the seed, have heard of what God has said, and then God has spoken to them at a particular time because, oh, I remember this happened, and I remember that happened. And so it says, in the sight of God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So I was talking about three items there of this church. So what was the three items, and where is the answer? Well, first of all, it says in verse 9, for they themselves declared what manner of entering we had unto you. So they came to this church, their work of faith. It was that they turned to God. They turned to God. And that's what happened in <coughs> many parts of the world today. I mean, if you get a chance to read the Open Door magazines, you will see of men and women that turn to God from idols. There was idolatry in Thessalonica. There was idolatry right through the length and breadth of, of Scripture. You only have to hear and, 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 and read Scripture, both in the Old and the New. The people worshipped idols. And, and worshipped idols. But it says here that they turned to God from idols. So, that was their first thing. They turned to God. And you know as well as I do that when a Muslim pretends from Muslim to become a Christian, the Muslim people or the Muslim families don't want anything to do with them because they are worshipping God the Father that you and I know on a daily basis. And so their work of faith. And then it talks about their labour of love. What was their love? <clears throat> well, it says here, they turned to God, their love was that they serve the living and true God. Now you can't get any more, any more, you know, the proof is there. The God we serve is living. The God that Paul served is living. The God that Paul served, the night you and I served, is true. He hates sin. I don't have to tell you how bad he hates sin. And sin, one of the sins is telling lies. And when you tell a lie, whether, it doesn't matter whether it's one lie or a thousand lies. It's a sin. And the only way that you can be redeemed from that is ask God to forgive you, which I'll look at that just in a minute. So, they, so they turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. God who is the Father of all. And then it says, to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Now how busy are we as Christians? How busy are you and I as Christians? One of the things that I found a great blessing for me was that when I was um, not able to get out because of the weather and because of the leg I can't get it because of my slip, I used to phone people up and ask them how they were doing and pray with them. And that's such a blessing, not just to them, but to me. 
And you know, I know you have people here who are not here today because of one reason or another. Why don't you phone them? Why don't you see how they are? There are people in that church I go to who have never been out since the pandemic. Have you had that problem here or? No? No, well I praise God for that. But there are people who are afraid to come out because of what they may have. So, when you sin, how do you feel? What happens when you sin? What happens when you come to God? Well, let me just read this to you. Just bear with us a minute. It says, you probably know the scripture very well, it says this. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, But if we confess our sins, He, God, is faithful. This lady knows it. And just. To forgive us our sins, but you know, not only does he forgive, but then it says, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Lovely strange, well, you know. Claim all unrighteousness. So whatever you've done, what, however you've done, you are saved and you are cleansed from all unrighteousness. Who else would do that? Who else? So he treats you as though you've never sinned. Perfect. Until you sin again. But you see, the important thing is that we keep short accounts. And you know, and I know, when I've sinned. Or you know that when God's given you a chance, it's called divine appointments. God gives you a place when you know that you have to speak. Sadly, sometimes I don't. And suddenly, and God said, well, why didn't you do that? But God still forgives. So here we have a church that had three things, and how did they respond? So how does this church, how will this church respond to this community? Because this community needs the Lord Jesus. Just like where I am. They need the Lord Jesus. It's only through God that we are saved. And so it says there, and then it says in verse 4, Knowing, beloved brethren, your election of God. For our gospel, what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. Everyone deserves the good news. And I don't have to tell you today the way this, this country is in. To see the cost of living. To see food banks being used. To see the price of electric, the price of gas, the price of food all going up. Some people live in homes where there's, where there's dry rot. Some people live in homes where there's no heating. You see that on the news every day. The world is in a, is in a very difficult place. But the gospel is the good news. And it says, did not come to you in word only. So how did the gospel come? through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells in your life and in mine the moment that we are saved by grace. And that's what the wonderful thing is because the Holy Spirit is the third person in the Trinity. It's the Trinity and it's the mediator that we can speak to God and God can speak to us and His Son through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came down in Acts of the Apostles, when 
it says when, the, when it was filled on the day of Pentecost and the Spirit came but the disciples did not go until they knew the Spirit had come and so the Gospel came but also in power in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance as you know what men we have you for your sake so the Holy Spirit came now people have a choice they either accept it or reject it or they either find it too difficult and they come back into the world and, and reminded of the parable of the sower when some when people started to to, to witness for God and yet the cares of the world came in and they somehow disappeared so you and I can either reject it or accept it but let's see what this church did it says here that the gospel came so they heard the gospel remember that they were suffering remember that the Roman Empire did not like God I only have to tell you that from Pontius Pilate you know how they suffered and how they persecuted Jesus before he went to the cross so and he became follow and it says there so what did they do they became followers they became disciples and it says and it says very clearly in Matthew's gospel to go into all the world and preach the gospel because we are disciples now think about that for a minute Disciples means that you have a relationship with God. Disciples mean that you have a relationship, and not only a relationship, but He will call you His friends, as it says in John's Gospel, chapter 15. You are His friends. Can you believe that? Can you believe that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, can be your friend? And it says, not only became followers of us, having received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit. There are Christians today who suffer for their faith, and if you ask them would they change, they would say no. And why would they not change? Because they have a relationship with the Father. They have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If I asked you today that I'm going to give you a million pounds, how many of you would say, I'm going to do that instead of following Christ? How many would do that? No one. Why is that? Because it said very clearly, lay up for your treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And that's what God has done for us as we come near to the end. Let me just say this about heaven. It says in heaven, that in my Father's house are many mansions not rooms mansions that's what the authorized said and I go and prepare a place for you how good is that and in that place there's no sin there's no there's no um, no health issues and we all suffer with health issues don't we we all have bones to creep we all have arthritis the head I don't have to tell you because I know myself so but in heaven there is none of that and in heaven there will be people in there 
I believe this with all my heart, that you thought would never be there. But they are because God saved them. So think about that. How good is that? So when you pray for someone, remember God is listening and he is interceding. One for the other. And so very clearly it says they became followers of us having received with the joy of the Holy Spirit. Now we are followers. We are followers of the Lord. And we have a duty, and not to think of this yet, we have a duty as Christians to preach the gospel or to, or to witness to people who are not saved. And then it says, for, for, and, and then after that, they became followers. So they couldn't keep it quiet. So they became, in verse 7, examples. They were examples of the gospel. They were examples of Jesus Christ to all in Macedonia and Achai who believed. But then it says in verse 8, For from you, not only in Macedonia, but in every place, your faith to God has become known everywhere. See what I'm saying? is that God used the church of Thessalonica to bring glory to his name. And we praise God for that. And we seek the Lord for that. Because we know that God answers prayer. So what does that mean to us in this church? How is that related to us? Well, I'll tell you a couple of stories before I close. And it's this. First of all, if you can read that, just think that God can really answer prayer. Really can. Because God answers prayer. Not only does he answer prayer, but he's also alongside you. Let me tell you this when I close. Many of you know I have a son called Thomas. And Thomas is an alcoholic. An alcoholic is a terrible thing. I mean, I go to a place on a Saturday afternoon when I go to a place called Alanol, which is for fa families who have alcoholics. And they will tell you of the, of, of the problems that they face. And last year we had, a, I mean, I don't have to go through it with you, but we had horrendous problems with Thomas. Because alcoholics, it's not him, alcoholics would find the nearest thing they could have to, to, to have a look at their device. So he used to take money from us. He used to go into my wife's purse and take money. And we knew that he took it. <clears throat> and then they get arrogant. Then they think no one else is wrong, everyone else is wrong, wrong except them. And we had to, we have, I know you prayed, we had many people pray that God would help us. Because if we didn't, we would go under. And he had, and a few weeks ago, he found this, this, this lady friend of his. He's not with his wife anymore, and that's probably, unless God intervenes, that is dead in the water. But we see the kids, we pray for this, we see them next Saturday. We're taking them out next Saturday. We get on so well with, with Thomas's wife. She's a lovely lady. Not a Christian, but she needs, but she's asking about church, which I thought never would happen. So I really praise, <coughs> praise God for that. And yet the problem is that when she splits up from there, so he comes back to us and he says, can I have this and can I have that? 
and it was getting to the end of our tether. And so we said to ourselves, what do we do? Because we can't go on like this. Now you may think this is wrong, but it's something that we did. We called the police. We called the police and we said, if that's the case, we need this to happen. We need him not to speak to us. And people have said to us, give him to God. Give him to God because you can't answer it. We give it to God. So that's what we did. We gave it to God. And I spoke to him, I think it was, back end of this last week, and said, Thomas, we can't go on like this, because what he says, and, and so what happens is, we speak and he comes out with all this, you know. And I said, Thomas, we called the police. We're blocking you on our phone. We're not having it anymore. We block you, and we're calling the police. And of course, he got to have some abuse from that, and I shared that with a, with a couple of people, clearly with Paul, by the way, you know, and they said, you're doing the right thing, because you have to live. And you know, since then, he hasn't contacted us. Why is that? Because God is now making him realise that we mean business. And you know, I'm not the only, we're not the only one. There are thousands of people in this city who have problems with people who have alcohol. When I go to Eleanor on, on, on a Saturday a few weeks ago, there were 25 people there with people who have alcohol issues. Now I say to you, why am I saying that to you? I'm saying that to you because without God, we wouldn't have been able to survive. And without the prayers of people, we have not, would not have been able to survive. But God has brought us through. And when you look at that, when you look at 1 Thessalonians, and when you look at other people, you will see that God is in the midst. God is in the midst. Not me, not you, it's God. And God saved me from the leg. God can help you with your situation. No one is exempt from Christ. Christ is with you every day of your lives. If you have a problem, give it to God. If you have an issue, whether it's your family, <coughs> or your friends, or yourself, give it to God. Because He will answer your prayers. I am testimony to that. And, and what God has taught me is, in everything, give it to God. Or if you don't give it to God, or if you give it to God, share it with someone else, and they will pray. Because without God, you have nothing. Without Jesus, we have nothing. And it says very clearly in John 15, For without me, you can do nothing. So I'm up here this morning, not because of me, because I'm, I'm a filthy sinner. But it's through Jesus Christ, through his blood, through his grace, <clears throat> through his salvation, that I'm found here today. And we're found here today because of God's grace. Isn't that great? Let's pray.
Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. We thank you, Lord, for the choruses and for the hymns. We thank you, Lord, for the prayers. And we just praise you that you love us more than we can ever imagine. We just bring this church to you. We just bring this fellowship to you. And we thank you, Lord, that they have been chosen to work in this place. And we do pray, Lord, for this year, for this church, that you will bless them, that you will keep them, and they will see fruits for their labour, that they will see souls saved, that they will see people healed, that they will see people added to the church. And we thank you, Lord, for what you've done, but we know that you can do more. And so, Lord, we just pray for these coming days that you'll be with us in a mighty way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.